Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. I thank God the Word is faith food, and when the Spirit of God quickens it, whether you're reading the Scriptures yourself and or you're hearing it taught or preached, if it's the Word and the anointing on it, it does something inside you that is difficult to describe, but it, it builds you up, it strengthens you, it nourishes you. And this makes uh, you know, faith stronger and it makes things possible and it, it, it changes your whole perspective. You just don't see things the same when you're strong spiritually as when you're weak. When you're weak, even the smallest things seem too hard. But when you get strong in spirit and in faith, what used to seem absolutely gigantic and impossible begins to look doable. <laughs> and you'll find out that with God, all things are possible. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's pray and believe God for answers today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, asking you for ears that can hear, hearts that can understand, for the anointing, the anointing that uh, removes burdens and, and destroys the yokes and bondages of the enemy. We say, Lord, get glory to yourself in our lives, in every part, in every way. We give you the praise. Jesus' name, thank you for taking such good care of us. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again. Let's continue in our study that we're, we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 12, he says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Uh, take heed, be on the alert, be warned, lest what happened to them happen to you. And he's talking about the Israelites that God delivered out of uh, Egyptian bondage. How that even though he brought them out with such a mighty hand and such astounding demonstrations of the power of God that nobody had ever seen or heard of before that time. Yet, the very next time there was some kind of a challenge, they all yielded to fear and started crying and feeling sorry for themselves. They started talking about how they're all going to die out there and, and God would have mercy on them and deliver them and get them through, but it wouldn't be a few weeks, sometimes a few days, a few months, Something come up, they didn't have enough water to drink, didn't have enough food, they'd get mad, they're blaming each other, they're, they're full of fear, 
They're talking about we're all going to die out here. And so God would have mercy on them and help them again. This happened over and over and over and over again till finally when they got to Kadesh Barnea and they're supposed to go into the promised land and they did it again and just out and out rebellion against God. They're going to do away with Moses and Aaron, get them some new leadership and go back to Egypt after God had delivered them and what it took to get them out of there. And you look at that and go, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> and the Lord says, take heed, <laughs> right? <laughs> Brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And the truth is, you know, even though they lived centuries ago, human nature hadn't changed. Now our covenant has changed, but God hadn't changed. The enemy hadn't changed. Fear hadn't changed. Faith hadn't changed. It's only our approach to him. We're not made righteous and acceptable by keeping the law, but by what Jesus has done. But you'll find that the New Testament continually refers to things that happened in the Old Testament. Why? Because they're relevant. Because they matter to us. We need to understand these things. And one of the things he's cautioning us about is unbelief. And he actually calls it evil. Why? Well, if you skip down later in the chapter, verse 18, it said, To whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They thought they couldn't enter in because of the giants. They thought they couldn't enter in because the cities had big walls. They thought they couldn't enter in and take the land because it was already occupied by all these ungodly folks. But that wasn't true. We know it wasn't true because the next generation behind them went in, took it, lived there, enjoyed it. But they were convinced they couldn't do it, they couldn't have it, because of those things. And yet according to the word. What actually kept them out? Their own unbelief. And the Lord calls it evil. Well anything that robs you like that. Is evil. Hmm? And, and is, is it something we should be on the watch for? Well he said so. He said uh, take heed. Take heed. And we said when the, when the Lord says something like that. Uh, two things that we're emphasizing in, in this, take it seriously and take it personally. Uh, what This is something that uh, needs to be watched out for. This is something I need to watch out for. Um, it's not my job to test everybody else and see if they're in unbelief or not. Uh, I'm to help you, if I can, to get faith into you. But I am to examine myself whether I am in the faith, and if I need to be, uh, get kind of rough with myself. Is that right? <laughs> you know, get myself by the nap of the neck, so to speak, and go, quit, quit it. You quit that crying and feeling sorry for yourself. God has done too much for you, boy. Class, are y'all with me? Yes. You, you quit that, looking at the negative and only thinking about the bad. What about what God has done for you? What, what about what he has said to you? You know, uh, you got to get a hold of yourself 
Because the whole world around us is inundated with fear and unbelief. And all you got to do to be fearful and unbelieving is wake up in the morning (laughs) and listen to what's coming out and agree with it and talk what you hear everybody else saying and go with the flow and you'll be full of unbelief and you'll be robbed because those that don't believe don't receive. Look with me, hold your place here and go back to the book of Mark. Mark the uh, 16th chapter. Now there are two words. Uh, well, excuse me, there's, there's more like four or five words that describe this. But two main categories of words that are translated unbelief. And if you look in the lexicons and what have you, you'll see one word or of that root word means faithlessness or lack of faith. You say that, you know, they're in unbelief. They had a lack of faith. But three or four of the other words, it's also translated in English, unbelief, same word, but it's not the same word in the Greek. It means refusal to believe. It means disobedience. And see, that's a different thing. And, and Paul talks about this. He said, uh, I got mercy from the Lord because I did what I did ignorantly in unbelief. He really thought he was doing the right thing when he was persecuting the church. And so he was in unbelief, but he was in it ignorantly until he met the master on the road to Damascus and got saved and then everything changed. But when Hebrews there, chapter 3, talks about evil heart of unbelief, and they couldn't enter in because of unbelief, this is not just talking about they didn't have faith, there was a lack of faith because they didn't know. Because they knew. I said they knew. By the time they got to Kadesh Barnea, they, what have they seen? <laughs> you can't say, well, you know, we don't even know if God is real or not. And we don't know, you know, uh, we, got, we got no reason not to fear and panic. Yeah, they did. They had seen how God can, sa- can save. They had seen how God can deliver. They had seen how God can provide. Didn't they? Yes. Ten Ten astounding miracles in Egypt before they ever got out of there. Ten. I mean, what's interesting to me, go, go back and read it again, or maybe it's your first time, but in uh, Exodus and, and these places, about before these plagues were over, the Egyptians were believers. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm telling you, they, they were like, uh, they, they saw the Israelites getting their cows in, and they go, oh, you're getting your cows in? Yeah, well, I'm getting mine in too. Then. So, I mean, they, <laughs> they and, and they were going to their leaders going, look, you got to listen to this, this uh, prophet and get these people. We're all going to be destroyed. The Egyptians had become, many of them, converts. Why? 
because the, the signs and wonders were so astounding. They were so in your face. I mean, they were, how do you doubt it? And that's the thing you can. No matter what kind of miracles you see, you can still doubt. You, you hear people say, well, you know, if I could just see a miracle, you know, then, I, then I'd believe in it. Not necessarily. No, because seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. It doesn't. I mean, this is faith school, right? How does faith come? Huh? By seeing miracles? It does not. It can inspire you if you'll believe what the Word said. But I know my dad, um, my, my grandmother and my great-grandmother were healed in healing meetings back many, many years ago. So they're, they're both in heaven now. My grandmother and great-grandmother. She had cancer on her uh, hand. And back in those days, um, you know, people didn't go to the hospital, like especially country people uh, in that area. And, and of course, they didn't have the treatments they have now either. And she, it, her hand had got really bad, and she was in a habit of uh, hiding it and, and covering it. And, and so uh, she was in a, a meeting with a, a, a healing evangelist, man of God, and, and um, he called her out by word of knowledge. And, uh, and he said, that hand that you're holding behind you uh, is cancerous, but God will heal that. And, and she, she brought her hand around, and the power of God came on her. Not only that, but it was a big crowd, and uh, her mother, which would have been my, my uh, great-grandmother, was sitting way back in the back, and, and the man of God said, uh, your mother's here too, word of knowledge, and said, have her stand up. She stood up. She had several ailments. She was healed. <laughs> back in the back of the... Oh, somebody say, praise God. <laughs> And, you know, just talking about some of these things, you almost hear some people say, well, I don't believe in all that. You're lost. You're, it's real whether you believe it or not. But you don't see it manifesting for people that don't believe in it. These signs follow them that believe. Well, anyway, uh, after that, of course, you know, obviously they, uh, they're, they're in endorsing of this kind of ministry. They have the benefits of it. Later on, uh, my grandmother brought uh, her younger son, who's later become my dad. He, he was sickly and brought him to a meeting. He said as a boy, he's standing in the healing line, and this woman beside him has got this huge goiter on the side of her, uh, her neck. He said half as big as her face. And he said when the man of God got to her, said he, uh, he just reached up, and spoke to that thing. He said it went down like you'd poked a pin in a balloon. It just went down, went down, went down until it's just flat, just like a normal neck. He said, man, everybody around there just went ballistic, just shouting and, and praising God and glory to God. He said, he's, he's a boy. He's looking at it right here. He's standing right there. But he said on his way out, he heard some men talking back, uh, outside the door said, uh, did you hear what they said about that woman that Gordon? Yeah. He said, the other guy said, ah, he had that rigged up some way. He, they, they had that fixed up some way, you know. 
They thought it was some kind of a trick. What am I saying? You can stand two feet from a miracle and doubt if you want to. Because faith is a choice. No matter, and, and, and why I'm saying all that is because they saw miracles nobody had ever heard about since mankind was on the earth. I mean, go back and read about them again sometime. The miracles that happened in Egypt, astounding. And yet, when it comes time, you know, one of the first things that happened is they, they got to the waters of Mara and didn't have any water, and they just lost it. They couldn't, they're like, we're all going to die out here. Well, if God wanted you dead, <laughs> he could have just left you where you were, right? It, uh, fear is irrational. And unbelief and fear are connected together. They don't even make sense. But it's a choice. You can just yield to being negative, to being disrespectful, to talking death and fear and failure, if you want to. It's a choice. Everybody say a choice. It's a choice. But you could choose to trust God. And in that case, get a miracle. Come out. Be delivered. Amen. Now you see, even when Jesus went to the cross, even when he was raised from the dead, even, even among his own, this was an issue. It's always an issue. That's why the New Testament is telling us, take heed. Watch out about this stuff. Mark uh, 16. Did you get there? Yeah, you've been there, haven't you? <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was talking. Uh, let's begin about the uh, ninth verse. It says, now when Jesus, this is Mark 16, 9. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. And she went and told them that had been with him, as they mourned and wept. So she has seen him after they laid him in the grave. She saw him alive. This is not hearsay. She went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, did what? Believed not. Now who are we talking about here? The apostles, right? The apostles of the Lamb. They did what? Now you got to remember, this is not a new thought. Jesus had talked to them extensively about what was going to happen, right? And how he was going to be raised from the dead. Even told them about the three days. <laughs> this should not have been a shock. This was not new information to their ears, but can you see the choice was, you know, Mary Magdalene comes in and says, it happened, it happened, I saw him, I'm telling you, I was this close to him, it's him, it's the master, he's alive. And Peter and James and John and Thomas and Bartholomew and all them guys looked at each other and said, Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so there's hope for us. <laughs> Is that right? 
Hey, somebody say there's hope for us. There's, why? Because they got, we know the rest of the story. They got past it. <laughs> they got over it. They believed not. This wasn't just a lack of faith. This was a refusal to believe. They had the information. Jesus had gone in, you know, uh, when Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with Jesus and he was transfigured before them. That's what he was talking to uh, Moses and Elijah about in detail. And so then he talks to them about it. And then there were times when uh, he would go into detail and talk about the prophecies that were going to be fulfilled. He didn't tell it to everybody, but he told it to the three and he told it to the twelve. They should have been expecting resurrection. Hallelujah. And then when somebody comes that they know, and they've been around her. Now, yeah, she had a rough past, but she's a believer. She's one of them. She's been one of them for, what, years? Why did she just make this up and lie? She wasn't lying. Keep reading. After that, Jesus appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the residue or to the rest of the apostles. And what? Neither believed they them. Strike two. <laughs> this is an independent uh, channel. What do you mean? Well, Mary Magdalene, you know, she was close to this. Maybe she got too excited. I don't know. Here's two guys got no reason that they know of to make any of this up. So they're getting it from more than one place. Should have already been expecting it. But what was their choice? Their choice. No. Uh-uh. No. Verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven. So he's appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to the two guys on, on the road. Now he appears again to the eleven as they set it at meat. And the first thing he does is what? Upbraids them. What's upbraid? You want me to upbraid you? <laughs> Just the sound of it. You're like, no, I, I don't want to be upbraided. <laughs> but reckon you ever need to be upbraided. Would Jesus do it if they didn't need it? Did they need to be upbraided? Hmm? Did they need to be corrected strongly? He upbraided them because of what? Their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Isn't that what we're reading about in Hebrews 3? Same thing. Isn't that what he said? Take heed, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. And he kept saying, today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your heart. So this hardening of the heart and becoming resistant is connected with this refusing to believe. They're, they're tied together. He said, uh, he, said he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And then notice how that flows into something that we're very, very familiar with. And 
And he said to them, go into the world, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that what? Believe. Believes, unlike you. <laughs> For the first couple of times. Believes and is baptized to be saved. But he that believes not. Can you see the context of this? Because see, they were refusing to believe, refusing to believe. What if you refuse to believe that Jesus has risen from the dead today. You will be robbed of eternal salvation. I don't know of anything more serious. Right? Why? You'll be lost. You won't be saved. Why? Because your sins were too bad? No. Uh-uh. That's not what would have robbed you. Because you were too terrible of a person. Because you didn't have the mental or spiritual capacity to believe or trust. No, none of that, none of that. Same reason they didn't go into the promised land. Because of unbelief, they couldn't enter in. And sadly today, millions are not entering in to salvation. They won't enter in to heaven. I know a lot of people don't like that. You know, people think, well, you know, there are many ways to God. Not if you believe the Bible. Not if you believe the Bible. According to the Bible, there's only one Savior. One. One mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. Only one. He said, I am the way, the way, the truth, the life. He's the light. He's the only way. Hmm. That's not just religion. That's reality. I said, that's reality. And it is our choice. People say, well, I just can't believe all that. No, you didn't say it right. You didn't say it right. You choose not to believe. You could choose to believe. Could they have responded differently to Mary Magdalene, to those two men? Could they, should they, could they have? What would have it have hurt? They <laughs> say, well, really? <laughs> you saw him. Well, you know, he said, right? You know, he's, why would it, everything else he said was right. Everything else he said he was going to do, he did. Why go into unbelieving mode now? <laughs> you know, this is exactly what happened with Thomas. Thomas wasn't there when they, the Lord appeared to him at one point and he, and he laid, they said, we saw him. All of them said, we saw him. He said, Unless I can put my finger in his hand and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, who gets any awards for that? I mean, I will not believe. But can you see what that so perfectly describes this unwillingness, this stubborn unbelief. No wonder it's called evil, right? This evil unbelief. And finally, Jesus shows up, and he's looking at him, and he goes, here, okay, give me your hand. You feel that? He said, my Lord, my God. He said, well, now you believe. Now you believe. He said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, I choose to believe. Now and always, I trust in my God. my God. Hallelujah. 
Our time's up again today. Come back for more. There's a whole lot more to see back here in Faithscope. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.